Tabiso Musiya on SAFM. Okay, let's start by hearing from Umpila Ramela on why he's gone to court to challenge his dismissal and what he, what um, outcome or what is he expecting or what is he hoping for from the courts? Yes, uh, thank you very much for the opportunity, Tabiso. Um, so the latest is I've approached the High Court of South Africa and I've lost um, a formal case, and that will be that will be looked at at the High Court. So that's the kind of uh, where the case is at the moment. Yeah, and what is the basis of your court application? Its basis is that one, um, I should not have been removed uh, in the first place, and that the removal should I should actually be reinstated as a director. And I make a long, a fairly lengthy arguments about why I should be reinstated. And I think it's also in the public interest for people to see for themselves what I've put there, and and people can decide for themselves whether the game is being protected and the, it's, the public interest is being served, you know? Is, is that your main concern, or, or are you just fighting your individual case, or are you looking at the bigger picture? No, my, my major concern, Tabiso, is really about um, the game. I think I could have easily walked away from this, but I think I've got a responsibility as someone who's been in the game to actually stand for the truth, to stand for what is right, and to actually protect the game. You know, it's something the game has served me as a player. It has created opportunities for me. And if there is a case that I can make that the interests of the game are not being protected at the moment, I will definitely put that out there. And I think, really, this application to the High Court will, will demonstrate that. And I think when people are reading these papers, they, they will have to ask the, themselves the, the tough question as, whose interests are being preserved here or whose interests are being promoted? You know, so that's really my, my big aim here, that I've, I've, uh, the reason I've also structured it the way that it's been structured is actually so that it speaks to the interest of the game. So would you say cricket is in safe hands or do you want to wait for the court to um, basically make a determination on that? I, I will let the court um, make a determination on that. Um, I think we, we have to respect the rule of law at that level. And also, the last time we spoke to you, you said you were still going to continue with your work. Have you been able to do that? Well, I've been able to in terms of what I've reviewed, but when the time comes and I can submit some of these, uh, some of the work that I've done, it, it will be of great interest, one, to the organization, and I think it will be of great interest to, to, to people to, to say what my analysis has been on some of the work that we're supposed to conduct as a board. So at the moment, you, haven't been, you wouldn't be aware of what's been done since your dismissal because they've basically shunned you out. Yes, I've been, I've been shunned out. So I wouldn't be aware as to what progress they've made and what they have not. Uh, that will be up to them to, to answer for. Is this the first avenue that you took or is it your last option? Uh, this is the first avenue mm-hmm. in terms of uh, there are many other avenues one can pursue, right? But this is the most important one because I think that often when things are within the bounds of the court, and the law is involved, there's an enormous amount of precision, you know. So, so that's what I'm looking for release there first. And since this interim board was put together by the minister, do you have to inform him about your court action? Did you even inform him about your dismissal? He has been informed. Uh, he's been kept up to date. Are you expecting him to, inter- to intervene? I, I couldn't say at the moment, uh, Tabiso, as to whether he will intervene. Um, but like I said earlier, with regards to the minister, he had made the right call initially to intervene in cricket. And I think at this point in time, he's got to almost allow the game to clean, to clean itself up.
Okay, so that is Umpila Ramela, just a brief interview to confirm that he has gone to court and he has filed papers. And uh, also, what does he want the court basically to decide on? It's quite interesting. It's not only about him getting his position back, but he wants the, he wants the court to look at everything that is going on because he believes that something is not right here and cricket is not in, this, in safe hands. So let's see what happens. Let's respect the process. That's all we could speak to Umpile about. Um, so we'll wait for the outcome from the court then. And on Twitter, uh, King is saying that Ramela dismissal was really the strangest thing I've ever had uh, from a board and I saw actually there was a lot of reaction we were supposed to play this interview on Tuesday and people were saying that they're glad that Umpila Ramela has gone to court here because they still don't understand why uh, he was removed from the interim board so we'll see what the courts come up with but the man is fighting like the batsman that he was like the top other batsman that he was that has a double hundred and uh, we're going to move right along now and we will uh, hear from Proteas head coach, Mark Boucher. Um, let me just clarify that the interview is pre-recorded. We had to speak to Mark Boucher before the show because they are three hours ahead of us in Pakistan. So it was not going to be possible to speak to him live on the show. But I hope that he does answer some of your questions. Or I hope that I was able to answer maybe some of the, I mean, I was able to ask rather some of the pressing questions. So we'll hear from Proteas coach, Mark Boucher after this. SAFM Radio and at Tabiso Musia on Twitter. And uh, let's now hear from the Proteas head coach, Mark Boucher. After that, a reminder, we're going to be speaking to a former Proteas head coach, uh, Gary Keston, about the wonderful work that he's doing with his foundation, especially the work that they are busy with in Kayelicha. But let's hear from coach Mark Boucher, who joined us all the way from Pakistan. I began asking him just about the security detail, because that's been the buzzword, security, security, since the Proteas are going to Pakistan for the first time since 2007. In 2009, you remember there was the terror attack on the Sri Lankan team bus that wounded a couple of players killed a few policemen and civilians so uh, there has been there had been no international cricket in Pakistan for some years now but it's, it's slowly started to return and uh, now the proteas are there yeah I think one of the the biggest um, things for, for for us coming back to Pakistan was uh, security there was a, a Ricky team that came over um, if, if I'm correct about a month ago to to have a look at uh, the scenario yeah um, I must say, when we when we arrived in Pakistan, um, the guys might have been a little bit nervous. You know, when we got into the buses, there were there was military cops, uh, police everywhere uh, on every corner that we we sort of drove past, uh, even up on the roofs. Um, so quite intimidating from that perspective if you've never seen this before. Um, but I think there and then we we sort of knew that the, the, the Pakistan people are taking this uh, fairly seriously from a security perspective, and I think um, a lot of our players were were sort of relieved uh, once once they saw that security uh, to the point where I, I don't think security is a is a concern um, as far as we're concerned. I think we're just letting the people, uh, the, the military, the police do their job um, and, and we feel pretty safe. Yes, and besides the security coach, how would you say how you've been received by just the, the people in Pakistan? I'm sure they're happy to have you for the first time in 14 years. Yeah, look, um, I mean, we, we haven't really seen a lot of people because we've, we've basically moved straight from the plane um, into uh, a biosecure environment. So no one's really allowed into this bubble other than um, people who, who are waitressing on us. Um, you know, we've seen one or two people at the ground. Uh, and I think everyone's just, just quite excited about um, having, you know, a big team back in the country playing cricket again. I mean, Pakistan have been um, sort of starved of cricket. Uh, so I think there's a lot of excitement. You know, we turn on the, on the, on the TVs here, yeah. Um, and there's a few interviews, albeit uh, in a different language that we don't really understand. But there's a lot of there's a lot of cricket um, talk on TV that that 
there seems to be a lot of um, hype and a lot of buzz around at the moment. Um, everyone looking forward to, to seeing some cricket in Pakistan uh, again. Yes, and, uh, and I'm sure it helps that you've also been allowed to train. How has training been instead of being in 14 days isolation? Uh, it's been interesting. Um, you know, a lot of guys have never been here before. Most of the guys have never been before here. Probably myself and Faf, and, and Faf was only here for a very short period of time. So, you know, the, the training's been been good. Um, we've, we've had some good preparation, some good wickets to, to train on as well. Um, you know, that it's, it's sort of been exaggerated with the, the training facilities that we've had. Um, I don't think we, it's going to be quite the same in the test match. We'll have to wait and see once we get to the main ground to have a look at the conditions. But the, the training facilities have been good. The guys have been in good spirits. Um, you know, when they've been training, I think is a, a sense of, of there's a great opportunity to, to come into a different country um, and play some good cricket and, and take away a lot of learnings from, from being here as well. So there has been a good excitement and the preparation has been, been good um, up, till, up till now. We've had a day off today um, and we'll go into a sort of a, 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 a warm-up tomorrow, a training sort of warm-up, a two-day game. I'm not sure if we're going to play an actual game, but we'll certainly have um, a, a training session where we'll try to simulate match conditions. And talking about match conditions, having been there in Pakistan with the last Proteus team that was there, what are you sharing with the boys about what to expect? Um, you know, we, we can talk as much as we we have. Um, uh, you know, I've spoken to the guys and what to expect about the bounce of these wickets, uh, what sort of brand of cricket the Pakistan players uh, play. Um, I think in general, the guys have played a lot against these players before, um, albeit there being a quite a few new faces. So they know what to expect from a Pakistan um, playing eleven. I think it's just the conditions um, that that have been, you know, put out that that the guys might not have seen before. Um, but there's not much that, that we can say. I think we've we've explained what we've what what we sort of have been um, sort of thrown at a, a few years back. Um, there hasn't been a lot of cricket played yet over the last few years, so it's it's a bit new for all of us, to be honest with you. Um, and we've had enough time, well, we will have had enough time to get used to these conditions. So I think the guys are, are fairly excited about learning how to play in different conditions as well. So, you know, that, that by the time the test match starts, I'm, I'm sure that they'll be acclimated uh, to, to the, these, new, um, these new conditions. And just talking about time on this tour, do you feel that you've got a bit more time maybe than other bio bubbles that you've been in? Yeah, we've, we've, we've had a few days now, um, you know, we've to just to acclimatize the conditions. Um, like I said, we've got a day off today and then we've got another five days to, to, to sort of get ourselves towards a test match. So, you know, it, it's, it's, it's tough in a bubble, um, especially in Pakistan. You can't get out the hotel. We've got a couple of guys who enjoy being outdoors um, for security reasons. We can't do that. So I think that's probably the hardest part is, is being in a, in a bubble where you can't leave your room um, or your floor in your hotel. So I think um, from other than that, uh, it's pretty stock standard on, on, on the way that things have gone on, on so far in this tour. And I think, um, you know, we, we just got to get on with it. Uh, if we all understand that we want to play cricket um, and we want to play some good cricket with that as well. So how do we prepare ourselves mentally and physically for this, for this challenge? Um, you know, we'll, we'll try to do our best to do that over the next few days. And Pakistan have n- named their team a couple of days ago. Their squad have been from, from their squad. What are you reading, coach, with the way that they want to play? Um, yeah, look, I, as I said, there's a couple of new faces in there. So we've had to do a bit of uh, video analysis and look up a couple of videos um, from their domestic sort of season on trying to find a few players. Look, the one thing about Pakistan is, 
is that you know, historically they've always been very unpredictable. And I think that's what we're expecting. We're expecting them to be unpredictable. We're not 100% sure on what wickets they, they're going to produce um, for the series. Uh, they've, they've selected quite a few spinners, which uh, is quite surprising as well. They left out a couple of good seamers. Um, so maybe that is the, the way that they, they feel that, you know, that they want to play um, on, on wickets that, that turn quite a bit. Uh, so we can, we're sort of preparing ourselves for, for anything, to be honest. Um, you know, there are some very good seamers there. There's some good spinners. Um, you know, we know what their batsmen are all about as well. They like to play the shots. They like to be nice and aggressive. So we're just trying to tick every box um, possible and, and hopefully look after what we can control as well, not not worry too much um, and not dwell too much into to what, what their team's all about. Um, I think in general, people around the world, cricket, you know, all other nations as well, they, they know that when they play Pakistan, you know, you, you, need to be, you need to be on top of your game because if they bring their A game, they're very difficult to beat, especially in the own conditions. Yeah, some of the experts have been saying that uh, the conditions in Pakistan probably don't spin as much as other countries on the subcontinent. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, I think that, you know, the, the history of these wickets is they're very good for batting. Um, you know, you face some, some good fast bowling. Uh, the guys get the ball to reverse over here. The, the balls actually scuff up quite nicely. So, you know, th- that's that's the history of, of what Pakistan's all about. You know, you, you, I, was, I grew up watching Wazim Akram, Waka Yunus, those guys running and bowl. Um, so, you know, that's exciting. It's a different brand of cricket altogether. So I, I think we, you know, we, we're not expecting the wickets to turn too much, but we also can't count that out just judging by the, the team that they've selected. I think these wickets, if they wanted to get them to turn, they could definitely do that. They could just leave them a lot drier. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's in the back of our minds with our preparation as well. So we've got to prepare for, for both sides. And looking at, 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 at your team, coach, I mean, it was a solid win against Sri Lanka. Um, are there still any areas of improvement or what you're looking to improve going to Pakistan? There are plenty of areas that we can improve on. I think we understand as a team, we, you know, we're coming out of a sort of a rebuilding stage now. Uh, there are a lot of new faces. Um, it was a good win against Sri Lanka. But to be honest with you, we expect it to beat Sri Lanka in our home conditions. Um, so we'll take that win, we'll take the confidence out of that win. You know, you still got to do a job that, that's in front of you, and we did that. Um, you know, this is a completely different challenge. Uh, we'll, you know, f- first things first, we've got to come here. We, we understand that we've, we've got a demanding public and, and a public that expects a lot from their national team. So first things first, we've got to come here and we've got to try win. Um, and secondly, you know, we've got to come here and, and, and develop players as well. And I think that's the biggest thing is that what, what do we take away from this tour? We, we want to, first of all, we want to get out there and win. If we can have a win here, we'll take a, a lot of confidence going into a home series against Australia. Um, but secondly as well, you know, we've got a lot of youngsters here. We've got a big squad as well. It's a great opportunity for guys to, to, to bowl and bat in conditions that are, they, you know, they're not familiar with. And I think that'll be great for the development of their game as well and, and, and also us as a team. So there's a lot of things that, uh, there's a lot of opportunity out there that um, hopefully we can really seize and, and walk away from this tour, hopefully victorious um, and, and, and taking a, quite a few lessons from it as well. And what are some of the positives that you take from Sri Lanka and just overall, coach, since you took charge of the team, what are some of the improvements maybe that you are happy with? I think for Sri Lanka, just our batters getting out there. I mean, our batters have really had a tough time a bit of, of late. And I say of late, I mean, we haven't played cricket for a year. Um, really, so so you know, the previous year they they really struggled. So a lot of our batters got into a few runs. Um, we had a couple of we had a look at a couple of the of our young bowling uh, sort of prospects coming through as well, um, albeit through through sickness or through injury. Um, and I think that there was a lot of development there as 
as well um, in, in those younger players. So, you know, that, that's the one thing about COVID times is is that we have to play quite a few different players um, and we can see where they are and we can sort of add to the depth of our squad. So that's that's the exciting sort of aspect for me. Um, from, you know, sort of where, where I started, um, as I said, we haven't played a lot of cricket. You know, we started off against England. Um, that We were pretty much, as I took over, we sort of got into that, that series you know, we didn't do too well against England. Uh, then we played against Australia. We had a, a very good series against Australia in one-day one day crickets. Um, we then went to India. We didn't play a game in India, and then COVID hit us. Um, and I think the, the exciting part for me is that we realized that we, we needed to start a, a new culture. We had a couple of challenges along the way. And I think what this team has done is, is sort of created their own culture, now, their, their own brand of cricket they want to play. Um, as a support staff, you know, we, we'll just try and guide them along along the, the lines that, and the, the barriers that they've sort of set. And I think that for me is, is quite exciting that there's a, there's a lot of, there's going to be a lot of opportunity for guys out there as well to to stake their claim for, for for big tournaments coming up as well. And so I'm excited that we, you know, to just get on a bit of a roll and play some cricket to find out exactly where we are. Um, I think the stop starting of, of tours and and all that type of stuff, um, it's not helping. But certainly once we can get on a bit of a roll, you know, hopefully we get some good cricket played here. We go into Australia. After Australia, we've got Pakistan straight away. Um, then we'll be able to see exactly where we are from a cricketing perspective. Uh, from a cultural perspective, we've definitely taken a step in the right direction and, and we're growing every day with regards to that. So uh, it's, it's difficult to judge from a cricket perspective at the moment. Yeah, and just the last couple of questions, coach, as we wrap up, there's been a, there was a lot of excitement with Vian's performances. Uh, people happy to see him take wickets and also bat and also stay fit. Has he staked his claim as the number one all-rounder at the moment? Well, I, I think, I mean, you can probably answer that. Uh, he's done fairly well in Sri Lanka, so it's going to be difficult to to leave him leave him out in that number one position. But I, I do think, you know, we, we're also playing in different conditions over here. So, you know, if, if we have a look at the wickets and, it, it, you know, if, if it's going to turn square and, and we need maybe a couple of spin, spin um, all-rounder options, yeah. we have got that available to us. So I think it's just about looking conditions and, and seeing who's going to be best for, for that particular those particular conditions. But I do think Vian, yes, he has, uh, I mean, he hasn't played cricket in ages. He's been injured. So he's a youngster. He's got the, the world at his feet. Uh, hopefully he can stay fit. Um, you know, he's still young. He's going to make a couple of mistakes along the way, but he's, he's certainly a very clever cricketer as that. And as we've seen, he's, he's got a lot of talent. So, you know, he's, he's heading the right direction, as I said. Um, hopefully the injuries stay away from him. He's, you know, with, with injury as a youngster, you sort of get, it has a way of, of sort of bringing you back to the basics of why you actually started cricket. And I think he's very much, uh, he's, in a, he's very hungry at the moment yeah. to, to get out there and perform. And, and that's, that can only be a good thing for us. Do you see yourself playing two spinners in, in, in one of the test matches? Like I said, to be honest, uh, I haven't even seen the, the main ground. It's, we, we're not allowed to get out the hotel and go look at um, the, the facilities that, that we're going to be challenged in. Um, at this stage, we, we're only able to get to the one ground where we've been training. Um, those conditions, I, I, I'd say we could probably play two spinners in, but that's not the pitch that we're going to be playing a test match on. So we'll have to wait and see. I think we've got three or four days of training before at the main ground, uh, we'll have a look at the conditions there and, and then sum up whether whether we think it's going to require um, two spinners uh, or even maybe three spinners. Uh, as I said, we've got the, we've got the, the guys here to, to be able to do that. So we'll just wait and see. Yeah. And just a word on Quinton. I mean, the big headline in the start today is should he bet at five or at seven? And they put out all his stats betting at seven and at five. Uh, as a team, where do you see him fitting in in this series? Sorry, who are you talking about? 
Oh, Quentin, Quentin de Kock. I was saying there was a, a big headline about him betting at seven or at five. Um, I think Quinny's proved that he, he could probably bet wherever he wanted to. I mean, yes, people people look at him now and they say the questions will come because maybe he didn't um, do as well as what he would have liked to have done against Sri Lanka. But, you know, it was just a series ago we had an unbelievable series against um, against England. So, you know, I think we want to bet Quinny where, where we feel he'll sort of pose the most amount of danger to the opposition. Uh, right now, at five, I think that uh, he's the type of guy that can really take the game away from from opposition um and he's probably suited nicely in in that position um you know i'm not scared to to make changes here or there um but i'm also not going to panic if, if a guy just maybe goes one or two innings as well a few runs i think Quinny's uh, a class player um and class players form is form is temporary yeah? um and i think uh, there's a big number around the corner for Quinny, and, and then i think probably all that the talk about maybe him betting yeah there might stop um you know he's too good a player to keep down for too long yeah and just a word on calvarena coach i know he's part of the squad and and you've kept him close to the team what do you see in him as a former wicketkeeper i think carl's a, a fantastic player i mean he's shown a, a, a lot of promise in in domestic crickets um you know it's, it's tough on these guys because they haven't played a lot of crickets and, and we can appreciate that but unfortunately these times uh, it is quite difficult with all these um, these biosecure environments where you need to take a lot of players into a bubble and, and unfortunately that they, they won't be able to play a lot of domestic crickets. But I think Carl's shown his promise. Uh, I mean, he's only spot as, as the sort of backup we could keep and, and a guy who can bat in the middle order as well. Um, I think, you know, Carl is, is, will, will take a lot from this tour, uh, not only as a, as a wicketkeeper, but but also as a batsman as well, just batting in these conditions, well, you'll learn a lot about his game. You'll learn a lot about his keeping as well. Um, he's one of those guys who, you know, he will play for South Africa one day. I have no doubt about that. He's got a great attitude. Um, it's just about waiting for his opportunity. Um, and who knows, that might be around the corner. Um, you know, hopefully for his sake, it, it, it happens sooner than later. Uh, but I think in test cricket, you know, you look at you look at the guys that are there at the moment. Um, they've all performed. And I think think that's the good part about test cricket you, you've got to break into that position rather than you know just getting freebies and, and getting given an opportunity um that's 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 why it's called test cricket it's just the mm. truest form of the game and the hardest form of the game to crack and I, I think that once you do crack it you really do appreciate the opportunity yeah and just a word on luto sipamla he seemed to come up and he's come on in lips and bounds especially in the series against sri lanka uh, what have you worked on with him since since you've had him in in, in your squad because he seems to be improving yeah, Luto, I mean, sort of, he got, got opportunity against Sri Lanka. Um, you know, he, he had a really tough first session. Um, but, I mean, he bounced back. Uh, uh, you know, it's difficult to judge a guy when he's just bowling his, his first spell. Um, and, you know, he found it tough, but he was also very nervous. And I think with those nerves and the, and the passion, the passion is, is the positive for me. Um, you know, when a guy gets so nervous, you know that it means a lot to him. Uh, once he sort of calmed down, he, he, he got his lines and his, his rhythms back. And I think, you know, he learned a lot. That's the nice thing about Luto. You know, you, he's a type of character that wants to learn uh, all the time and he listens um, and he takes on board whatever people say to him. So, you know, the way that he's come through the Sri Lankan trip is fantastic. Um, you know, he's come, he's come to Pakistan now where, like another youngster, you know, he'll learn a lot about his game bowling in these conditions. And now and flat as well so you've got to, got to learn to upskill yourself with, with regards to different sort of deliveries cutters a bowling with a reverse swing ball just in training alone I mean I can see that he's already uh, taken a, a big step forward just bowling with a reverse swing ball so that's exciting for Luto um, you know whether he gets a game yeah I'm, I'm not too sure I mean KG does come back and mm. by, by right that's 
you know, probably KG's position to, to take. Um, but he'll still leave us to a uh, opportunity or not, um, you know, with with a, a lot of a lot that he can take home from from Pakistan. So, looking forward to to letting him have an opportunity um, in a game or not even in a game, just around around these facilities. Uh-huh. It's like like all the other youngsters as well. Finally, the T Twenty squad came out last um, yesterday. How much of a balancing act did you have to do here, and what did you take into consideration when you named the squad? Oh, a lot. I think you got you got to ask the convener selectors that question. Uh, I'm just one of the selectors, but yeah, it is tough. I mean, you know, mixing up these these bubbles uh, with travel and all that type of stuff, um, especially when we've got a back to back tours of Australia. Uh, we've got to do a 14 day quarantine um, before we play the first test against Australia as well. So it is tough, um, but it's opportunities. You know, I said at the beginning of the season that we're going to use a lot of different players, um, guys, maybe. Some of them are ready, some of them are not ready, but you know we'll never we'll never know until we give them opportunities. So, you know, there'll be a, a lot of youngsters on on that particular trip, um, and it'll be exciting to see what they can bring to 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 the squad. Um, you know, I think it'll only be good good for the youngsters to get thrown into that that deep end a bit to see how they react um, and get a bit of a taste of what it's like to play international cricket. Um, as I said, it'll just create a bit more depth within South African cricket and our squad. Yeah, and have you decided whether you're coming back or not? Uh, it looks like I'll be coming back. Um, as I said, we've got a 14-day uh, quarantine um, where we will have to be doing some training with our test squad as well. So, you know, going into a, a test series against Australia, I think it, it's massive in our country, uh, especially after the results um, against India with Australia. So I think um, that that for me is is probably the priority at the moment. Um, so I'll be back for for that, trying to, trying to look after our test squad and preparing them for Australia. Okay, thanks, Coach. Thanks for your time. We really appreciate it. And all the best in Pakistan. Thank you very much, guys. Appreciate it. Thank Cheers. you, Coach. Keep well. It's the Proteus Head Coach, Team Director, Mark Boucher, speaking to us all the way from uh, Pakistan. As I said, we had to pre-record the interview uh, because of the time difference. So we actually spoke to, was it yesterday when we spoke to Mark Boucher? Um just to talk about uh, the upcoming series. So we are building up to this series. We're trying our best uh, to hype it up uh, because it's a big one. Protea is going back to Pakistan for the first time since 2007. A couple of interesting pointers um, from this interview. Some of them, I'm only picking picking them up now. He said when we come back here and then we go to Australia. Mm -mm. I think he meant playing against Australia because from what I read today, it looks like that series against Australia will still happen in South Africa. They had been saying that there are talks that the Aussies don't want to come here because of COVID-19, uh, but Cricket Australia had said that they're still committed to coming to South Africa. But let's see what happens over the past, f- over the next few days. And also, what else did he say? Oh, and then Luto Sipamla looks like he's not going to play in, the t- in this test series. Understandable if KJ Rabada is back. He has to take his place back there and lead that bowling line. And then Quentin de Kock was the interesting one because I did mention to the coach that um, it was headlines here this week and people uh, they were asking whether it's better for him to bet at five or to bet at seven. And some of the guys did some wonderful work. I know Stuart Hess at the start pulled out his stats as well as Lloyd Bernard with uh, Sport 24. And this is what Lloyd came up with. Quentin de Kock opening the betting in test cricket. Average is 35 with two fifties from four innings. Num- at number three, he's batted once in test cricket. He made 37, so that's his average. At four, he batted four times. His average is 22. He's got 150. At five, he batted five times. He has 150. No hundreds. His average is 32. And then at six, Quinton de Kock, six fifties. The average is 29, just under 30 there. And how's this? At seven in test cricket, 
500 950s averaging 50 all his test hundreds have come at number 7 Quentin de Kock he's got 5 centuries in 20 and 21 50s overall at an average of 38.46 but all his hundreds have come betting at number 7 and i guess that's why some people then think he's better off at number 7 but they want him to clearly bet at number five, even get more scores and just obviously push up the momentum when he comes in there at number five. But <laughs> the numbers say he should bet at seven. And the fact that he's been able to get to 500s, betting with the lower order, it shows you the quality of uh, Quentin de Kock. So that was our interview with Coach Mark Boucher. Do we have a voice note here? Are we playing it? Let's see if we've got a voice note. Up next, we're going to speak to uh, former Proteas coach uh, Gary Keston. Let's just hear this voice note before we take a break. Okay, we'll take a break. Tabiso Musia on SAFM. Okay, before we speak to Coach Gary, let's just play that voice note quickly. Hey, Musia. I just wanted to find out, uh, will we be playing the, a full-strength Pakistan team? Uh, considering that uh, recently we played a Sri Lankan team, whereby a lot of people were complaining that ah no it was a walkover there were a lot of injuries to the sri lankan team so i just wanted to find out pakistan is it a full strength team and what are the players to look out for because i'm only aware of baba Azam. so what are the players to look out for that's pimen in kurma Thanks for that, Pimen. Um, actually, Mark Boucher, in this interview that we've just played, did address that. It's a strong Pakistan team. Even on Monday, we went over to Pakistan and spoke to a journalist. Baba Azam is back. He's recovered from injury. All those big guns are, are, are there in the Pakistan team. So uh, it should be a good contest here. And our journalist from Pakistan said we must watch out for Saud Shakil. Saud Shakil. So maybe that's the name that we need to remember. But the likes of Abid Ali, Azza Ali, they're all in that team. Mohamed Nawaz, Mohamed Rizwan, the wicketkeeper who was test captain in New Zealand when uh, Baba Azam was not there, also part of that squad. Let's move right along now and speak to Coach Gary Keston. He's doing some wonderful work with his foundation. I did give you the website to go and check it out, GaryKestonFoundation.org.za. Good evening, Coach, and thank you very much for speaking to us on SAFM tonight. Yes, how are you, Tobizo? No, we're fine, thanks, Coach. I've been following the work you've been doing, especially in Kailicha over the years with the foundation. But for those maybe not familiar, when did you start the foundation and, and what motivated it? Um, Tobizo, we started it uh, you know, way back in 2014, and um, it, it was precipitated by me um, you know, taking um, a drive around the eastern side of Kailicha. I was very fortunate to befriend a headmaster at one of the schools there, Krasani School, um, uh, Mr. Madora, who is a, a fantastic human being. I've got to know him very well. And, uh, yeah, he just showed me around the schools in that area and just to get a, an understanding not only of cricket but of just sport in, in that area. I mean, he took me to um, eight schools and each school had a had a 1,000 kids in it, you know, with a very li- limited uh, sporting opportunity for anyone. Yes, and I, I've read in, on your website, you've say, you, you did say you went to Kailicha and you were shocked by the fact that there were no sporting fields, no proper sporting fields, let alone cricket facilities. And I guess it's the same in most townships around the country, Coach, and surely this can be good? Yeah, to be so, I think, I think for me, like, uh, you know, I've, I've had such a privilege in the game of cricket, you know, um, and every opportunity, you know, that I needed, you know, great facilities to play on from when I was uh, a small kid. Um, and mixing with some of the, you know, some of the great players that teach you how to play the game at the highest level. 
Um, so, you know, every, every opportunity I was afforded. Um, and, and the one thing that's for sure is that over the years that we've had the foundation, there's so much talent there. So many um, good young players, once they get familiar with the game of cricket, they've got great coordination on the ball and great ball-striking ability. Um, but it's just very sad to see many of them, you know, can't um, progress their careers because it's just a, there's just a lack of opportunity to be able to do that. And, um, you know, I just felt that in a very small way, add value to the game of cricket through these communities because uh, sport is there to be loved. Um, we, we know that it's a great unifier of people and that it's a great way to, you know, to spark passion and interest in young people. Yeah. And would you say, Coach, that maybe facilities is, is the main reason that there's a lack of black African cricketers? Yeah, I think facilities, um, cricket, Bisa uh, does play a massive role, you know. Unfortunately, you do need to play on decent surfaces. And, you know, the the, the fields that I did see cricket being played on um, and still today are played on in, in the townships are, you know, they're not acceptable to to become a better cricketer. It's as simple as that, you know. And um, so, the, so the infrastructure is, is very, very important. Um, and I think... There are a lot of people in the country trying to add value in that space. But I felt that, you know, if we were going to make um, any sort of difference in uh, Makaza on the eastern side of Kailicha with the five schools that we were involved in, we had to improve or just um, install some infrastructure so that whatever um, development they were going to have in the game, they had a facility to do it on. For those who've just joined us, we are talking to former Proteas and India coach Gary Keston just about his foundation and the wonderful work that he's doing. You can send us your voice notes if you know about the work or any comment on 061-4104-107. And uh, coach, on that note, I mean, um, would you say that it's more ideal or more sustainable to have this infrastructure and facilities in the townships and communities to develop these cricketers instead of moving one kid out of a team of 11 to the so-called Model C uh, cricket playing schools like we've seen over the years? That's what, that's what seems to happen. Yeah, that's a good question, Tavisa. And, you know, I think we, 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 have, we do have a lot of success um, of young black kids um, uh, really progressing their careers when they do get scholarship to elite cricket schools in the country. So I wouldn't say that that's, a, um, that's an issue. I think it's great for those kids. But uh, so few get that opportunity. You know, I've seen, I've seen so many good young cricketers who, you know, uh, stay in the townships. And I think, I think what we thought, you know, maybe we could, we could um, you know, make an example of what is possible. You know, can we, can we create cricketing excellence in a township? And, you know, the starting point for us is we had to build the facilities. And we've had incredible uh, donors and sponsors who have come on board and, and accepted and bought into our vision of taking one of the schools and turning it into a high-performance cricketing school of excellence. It's not only about the, the players that are developed through, this, through the school, but it's also about the coaches we develop. We've got eight coaches on our foundation, all fully paid by the other foundation. And... Um, you know, they're developing and growing and, and becoming great coaches. And I think that's almost more of a priority for us because we know that they're going to be the ones that are going to develop the, the kids in those township areas. Yeah, we've already got a voice note here from, uh, let's, is it Libra? Oh, here it's Libra. Let's play it. Good evening, Tabi said. Good evening to the coach. Uh, it's uh, Libra here in East London. Um, coach, um, I just wanted you to give us, you know, um, in terms of development, 
the different stages of development as a cricketer from a young age to maybe schools cricket to all night in the cricket right right up to international cricket um you know what a player the, the environment the coaches what skills are required just the different parts the stages that you must have you know the people around you uh the type of coaches that you must have um i just wanted to ex- to explain that to those people that haven't played the game of cricket um, at an international stage and maybe just to explain from a coaching and development point of view what are the different stages of development as a cricketer thank you very much tabiso you yeah i mean you uh, thank you for that that question i i didn't get all of it but i think it was the the different stages of of development yes. in a cricketer i i got that but yes, and, sure. you know I, I think that's a great question and you know for me um one of the privileges that I had is I had um, quality coaching from a very young age. You know, I was taught the basics of a game from an English professional coach when I was a youngster. And, you know, I had I had quality coaching all the way through. So I think it's a very important question in that uh, um, when, when, a, when a talented young player who shows coordination on the ball and, and, and ball striking ability from, you know, 9, 10, 11, it becomes really, really important because that's when you can really... Um, develops quickly. And I've seen a, a number of um, young kids out of uh, Kailicha now who um, have got good coaching with them and they are developing very, very quickly. And that is very exciting to watch. So that's a, that's a very important age. And then I think when the, the kids get older, they have other challenges as well. And I, I feel like a, you know, your teenage kids, 14, 15, 16, need a bit of mentoring. They need some guidance, a father figure maybe to someone that can uh, keep them on track um, and make sure that they're putting in the effort that they need to, to you know, progress through the, through the sport and also just to become, just have someone that's a role model to them in terms of how they need to live their lives. And then I think as you progress through that and you start to show some real promise as a player, you then need some, uh, you know, real proper uh, level coaching with guidance around how to make performances under pressure and, and how to play against the best cricketers in the not only in the country but in the world as well, and that's a, you know, that's a journey we need to go on. So I think, so I think the coaching plays a massive role in the in the development of, of any child, um, and that's why we are we take the the development of the coaches very seriously. They, um, you know, they need to be able to be worth their salt, be able to add value to those young kids that show promise. Yes, and I've seen on the website that you also have an online coaching problem, uh, program rather for the coaches there. You've already done some great work, Coach Gary. Just tell us about the artificial cricket oval, which was made possible by your, by the sponsor's home choice. Yeah, I mean, we, we're very grateful and thankful to home choice for, for um, um, funding that facility to the tune of 4 million rand. I mean, that, those, those artificial surfaces don't come cheap. Um, but I think they bought into our vision and, and they wanted to be a part of it. They wanted to join us on the journey. So, you know, to the to the Home Choice Company, um, we are incredibly grateful. It is a magnificent facility. I mean, it's a, it really is um, as good as you can get. And um, we're building an indoor center with it um, to go along with that. We've actually built the, the shell of the indoor center and raised the money now to do the fittings inside to put the nets in and, and, and the office space and everything. And, uh, you know, we'll have a full-on high-performance uh, cricket center of excellence at Chris Hani School in Kailicha. And for me, uh, once we um, position, you know, great coaching into that space and talented kids can 
you know, hit balls every day there. Um, I'm very confident that uh, we'll see some uh, um, great stars coming out of that area without having gone to a Model C elite cricketing school, but can actually make it out of the townships. Yes, and, and you've also provided schools with ecosystems. What do these ecosystems entail? What do you provide them with? I think it's just, uh, we prov- you know, it's, it's one thing placing infrastructure into a school, and um, um, but it's another thing um, building a cricket program, which takes a lot of effort and a lot of energy. So the five schools we're involved in, they need to have the full picture. They need equipment, they need facilities, and they need... Coach. And I think on top of that as well, we, you know, we, we also want to partner with um, um, the cricket people in the townships. So, for example, Kylie, the cricket club, um, you know, we, we're very excited to be partnered up with them. Um, you know, they, they are the ones that will take these young, talented cricketers and progress them further um, in their careers. And there are um, uh, lots of people that are doing fantastic work here. We like to partner up with them as well as best we can, just to, to add value to the entire cricketing community of the Western Cape. Yeah, now you're going for the big one, the Gary Keston Foundation Centre of Cricket Excellence. What's your vision for this Centre of Excellence? Yeah, I, th- I think the vision is, is for us to be able to realise that we don't only have to produce um, young cricketers um, through our elite school system. Um, I think we can produce cricketers in a lot of different ways. So we, like, we, we want to, as a foundation, add value to that. And we've got a hub system through the CSA initiative, which are also identifying, scouting, and producing cricketers as well. And we just want to be part of that journey um, where this is a way where a young, talented player um, can go all the way um, to the highest level of the game um, and be fully educated um, in the townships. Um, that as well as cricket being a game that is accessible um, to young black kids that mm. they can go out and say, you know what, I want to play cricket and it's, it's available. I can go down to a net and I can hit balls or you know, I, can, I can get access to the, to the game of cricket, which I think is very important as well. Yes, and I've seen that the foundation has been laid. You've had some assistance uh, from the Millennium Trust, the Cohen family and other partners, but there's still more that needs to be done. So what kind of assistance do you need right now, uh, Coach? <laughs> um, how long is a piece of string? You know, I think, <laughs> I think, for, I think for us, um, um, we, we want to focus just on, on those uh, five schools, but more importantly on that um, Cricket Centre of Excellence. I think for us, as I mentioned earlier, our real emphasis uh, once we've completed the infrastructure is to then focus on development of the coaches because I think, uh, you know, they're the ones that are going to make a big difference. And, and certainly to, you know, to get a full-on and busy cricket centre going there that's active, um, you know, five, six days of the week um, and that, that these, these kids can play in strong league systems as well within the Western Cape so that they can prove their worth. Um, and yeah, and for us just to be to be on that journey and joining forces with others that are adding value there, um, it's a great privilege, you know, just to to be a part of it and to be doing what we can um, to help cricket in that area. And you've also got a girls' program. A what program? Uh, a program a program for the girls. So it's not only boys that you focus oh, on. Oh yes, oh yes, absolutely. Um, you know, we're very excited about that. We've got one um, female coach um, under our watch as well. 
and she's doing an incredible job with uh, with the with the girls. Um, and as as we know, I mean, women's cricket is taking off in a massive way around the world. Mm. Our project teams just uh, won the first uh, ODI against Pakistan, which is great to watch. Um, and it's it's become a really popular sport amongst uh, women and, and girls. So, yeah, we're very excited to be uh, running that side of the program as well. That's very good to hear. And I remember I was at the 2019 Cricket World Cup and all your boys were there. How did you pull that off? <laughs> well, I, I've always been a, a kind of a guy to be. So if I if I have an idea in my head, I just want I want to follow through on it, you know. And um, it was a crazy idea I had. I think I mentioned it to my wife, and, and she said, "No, it's impossible." And I said, "No, anything is possible." And um, we had to raise a million rand for that event. I mean, it, uh, the boys were staying in hotels. It was a life changing experience for them. They got to meet the project players. They got to play on some of the most magnificent facilities, and I just think that for them, they they, they can storytell around what is possible. And um, uh, funny you mention it because we are we're talking about uh, the possibility of doing another one this year. Oh, great! Um, we know how much we know how much work it takes to to get it across the line, and how expensive it is. Um, but it is it, it, it is life changing for for young kids. We would love to take another group of young under-13 township players on a tour to, to England again just to see what, what cricket is like in, in a country like that and, um, and what is possible for them. So, um, yeah, we, it's, in our, it's in our thoughts. It's early days. It's January. Last, the last one we did for the World Cup, it took us about five months to, to prepare and plan for. And um, so we are thinking about it at the moment. Um, but we haven't made a decision yet. Maybe either this year or next year. Okay, great. And finally, Coach, those who would like to assist or are able to assist, how do they get hold of the foundation? Yeah, I think all of all our details are on our website. Um, as you mentioned, GaryKirstenFoundation.org. And um, um, yeah, through through that vehicle, you'll be able to um, get hold of the, of the correct people. Um, yeah, and it's, you know, it's just, again, I just say it's, it's a great privilege. And what we do with our sponsors and our our donors is we actually we partner up with them in the journey rather than you know they 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 give us a donation and they go away and we contact with them our sponsors have been with us for a long time and it's more just a, a partnership we want them to feel the emotion behind um, their contribution i think it's really really important that they're very much involved in it Okay. Um, so that excites us. We've had a bit of a curveball, obviously, with COVID. Yeah. So we haven't been able to do many, many programs okay. out there. We're just going to have to leave it there because of time, Coach. Uh, but do go to the GaryKestenFoundation.org.za, guys, to get more information. Wonderful work being done there. You can all see it on that website.